this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We here at the Fumbling Four Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me is uh my fellow hosts daniel and ariel hi there <laughs> hello hello why are you trying to sound like i don't know super radio friendly <laughs> i shouldn't i shouldn't you anyway shouldn't yeah well welcome back to the resident evil Lorecast. um we're talking vendetta again today and uh we're just going straight into discussion aren't we, we got a lot to discuss about this one <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Rebecca. Oh, Ariel, I feel like you have opinions. Oh, I have a ton of opinions. Let's hear them. Let's go. What do we got? They're not all about this movie. <laughs> no, not all about this movie. Lots of opinions about a lot of things. Oh, boy. No, but Daniel brought up Rebecca, and I feel like ooh, we should start off on a good note. So... I feel like Rebecca in this movie was very well done. Mm-hmm. I feel like her personality was Rebecca. And I love how, save for the, you know, weird, random wedding dress. <laughs> I loved that she was modestly dressed. She kept know, her. In, in the Yeah, and yeah. she kept her modesty in the lab and... You know, other than the random, I'm going to kidnap you and throw you in this skimpy wedding Yeah, that dress. was weird. <laughs> but I like that because Rebecca is an innocent character. I mean, when yeah. she first came into Resident Evil, she was like 18, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like... She's always had that semblance of modesty. Yeah. So, yeah. Start off with the good thing. <laughs> Don't we usually leave off on good notes? Um, <laughs> listen, listen. Not everybody wants to hear about negativity all the time. And it's going to be a lot in this episode. So I thought we would start it off with a, you know, good. It's, it's not that it was a terrible movie. I just didn't appreciate how they made Leon and Chris. Let's get into that. Since we started off with Rebecca and how they made her character and portrayed her, let's start off. Let's go into those guys. I think it's a really good transition. I feel like I'm the only one discussing here. So, um, (laughs) Chris, what I didn't like about Chris is they made him look like a chump. Yeah. He went from boulder punching badass to (laughs) just... Yeah, what is that? What is it all about? I, mm, well, he got I, his ass handed to him by this guy. When yeah. I'm like, that that's not Chris. Within I'm the not, first five minutes. <laughs> I'm not saying that, like, Chris is all powerful and, 
you know, should always beat everybody, but I feel like he... That very first fight in the beginning of the movie, the he would have put up a better fight. Well, I mean, he did fight Wesker in, with a super speed form. I mean, Wesker, not Chris, but he fought Wesker being so jacked up on that serum. Yeah. And then this guy just comes and is like, ooh, I'm going to beat you up. Just made him look like a chomp. Not to mention he was shot in the back with body armor and then all of a sudden couldn't move very well. It's like... I can punch a boulder, but I can't take a bullet to my bulletproof vest. <laughs> He's Stop. been shot before, too. It's not <laughs> like... He had a JD moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. It, it, that's the thing, though, oh. for me. <laughs> You're awful, Daniel. That's the thing for me in that in that moment was we know Chris has been stabbed, shot, bitten. He's been torn apart in multiple games and multiple other movies and a bullet to the back of a bulletproof vest that it's bulletproof, not bullet resistant. It's not, you know, oh, it can. We know that the, the gear that he's issued in the BSA can take a tyrant punch. So the bullet will not penetrate and probably won't leave much damage all of a sudden he's a sniveling coward on the ground like oh god on my back yeah that'd be like (laughs) if i got hit like yeah yeah i would fall to the ground i'm not used to being hit with freaking bullets even with the bulletproof vest he chris oh he's seasoned he is seasoned he i yeah i don't I don't understand it. I really don't understand why. What was the... uh, They could have very easily just made him a slippery snake, this guy. He could have just slunked away and never had to fight Chris. And it would have made more sense than somehow Chris got his butt kicked by this guy. But then later on in the movie was holding his own against him in a tyrant form. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he really didn't even deal with the tyrant form. That was Leon, really, realistically. Well, at the end, yeah, but we'll we'll get to that. We'll get there's going to be a whole thing with the tyrant fight. (laughs) Yeah, well, and then later on, as well, too, Chris and sitting there arguing with Leon. I okay, like yeah, it's Chris. I could see him arguing, Mm -hmm. but I don't know just didn't feel like Chris to me. It... That moment in particular, I honestly felt like the roles were reversed. I feel like, one, Chris would have been the more apprehensive one. And it would have been apprehension to bring somebody into the fold again. Especially since we know what happened to Chris before the events of Medetta. So yeah, this movie takes place between... Six and seven, which means he's lost a ton of people. Chris is a scorned man at this point. He should be the one to be like, I don't want to bring anybody else into this. I don't I don't want to do it. But he's the happy-go-lucky one who's more than happy to ask for help. And Leon's the scorned man. Leon has not lost a single person up to this point in the same way that Chris has. Well, even <laughs> even at the end with Chris going. No, at the end of the, you know, the first fight. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, there, that's two more people he's lost. He's not, he's not doing too hot with uh, partners and uh, people working with him. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I see the argument that they had is when Rebecca calmed everything down in there, uh, Leon should have been like less likely to listen to her, even though she's like the neutral party. Because I don't think Leon and Rebecca have really affiliated with each other. Nope. Like Chris and Rebecca have. So Leon be like, the hell are you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, not to mention, what is the Chris Leon beef in this movie even about? Like, why are they beefing? It's probably because he wears tight shirts and leather jackets all the time. (laughs) And Chris has to wear standard issue stuff that he gets given. I have to wear uniforms and you get to wear freaking motorcycle outfits. This is ridiculous. I used to drive a motorcycle. My sister took it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So, in a nutshell, just on Chris, 
Chris definitely did not fit the agenda and the direction that I feel his character would have been going in at this point. No, I felt like that was more Chris and RE1. Yeah. To be honest, that that would have been his personality, full of hope and mm-hmm. innocence. And I could see him in Resident Evil 1 going, no, when someone died. You know. I'd- well, yeah. The other thing, too, is that to go from Vendetta, where he's hopeful and he's, you know, everything, to Seven, where he's kind of a dick. And then to go even further into eight, where he's really a dick. No. I wouldn't say he was a dick. He just, he was dark. He was eye on the, um, what he needed to do. Eye on the prize? Yeah. I yeah. was going to say that, but it's not really a prize. Well, either. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Focus I can agree. Mission. Yeah. Mission first. I get it. Yeah. But it's not like he sacrificed lives to complete the mission. Like he was always trying to save people during the t- missions. But my point is, is that how do you go from hopeful and like, I'm never going to sacrifice anybody, blah, 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 to literally, if he had to sacrifice Ethan to complete the mission, he was going to. Dark. I don't think he would have done the same, though. Jill was in Ethan's place. Yeah, but that's 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 different story altogether there. But nonetheless, I mean, he's, different he's, story, though, if he's hard up to just stay on point. Yeah, but he didn't sacrifice the random people he met going into... How do we know Jill's not dead? Oh my god. <laughs> my point is, is that he he's hopeful and like everybody's gotta be saved and blah 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 in this movie and then in 7 he's he's man on a mission and then 8 it's all about the mission. There's a dramatic jump there. Well, I can tell, I can definitely tell it was a different you know, production crew mm-hmm. with this movie. And you can definitely, definitely tell this was geared more towards anime fans. Like they said. Oh, yeah. Because gore, limbs flying, <laughs> all the limbs flying. <laughs> Almost every scene. Provocative clothing <laughs> for, yeah. for most. Even Diego. Diego. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay, so we've talked enough about Chris. Let's talk Leon in this. Motorcycle acrobat. (sighs) (laughs) I mean, those scenes were actually kind of cool. Not gonna lie. I don't think the motorcycle would have done that at the railing. Uh, Listen, okay, this is an anime slash slash CGI movie, so yeah, it happens. I saw saw it happen. I just don't think it would happen. It does in anime slash CGI movies. Listen, Cloud rode his motorcycle super fast and at the right at the end skirted it to the side without falling off the road. Wrong game. And movie. <laughs> but it follows the anime trope. It's possible, okay? He rode his motorcycle down and upstairs, so it's fine. I hated <laughs> hated how they made Leon's personality. He was not some drunkard that refused to help people. And was wallowing in his own sorrows. That's not Leon. He was always first one to help somebody. If Chris and Rebecca had come up to him, he would have been like, yeah, I'm going to help you. This is all the information I know about the Los Illuminados, which... Where did it go? Because it sure didn't put it in that movie. It was like, (laughs) like, okay. They made it seem like it was going to be a big part of the plot mm-hmm. and then it disappeared disappeared you know <laughs> it really what did. happened to dude's family yeah mm-hmm. because i they think never that's know. i think that's where it was happening at that's my assumption is wherever his family was at was where it was happening yeah it just never got brought back up it was like oh this is a huge thing and then poof gone in the wind I'm really got a hold of it and they covered it up. Right? <laughs> I need another word for forgetfulness because that'll be, it'll be Resident Evil and then that'll be the word for the next movie. It won't be Vendetta. It'd be like, we forgot. <laughs> and forgotten. Be, yeah. The forgotten. And it'd be like some loose Illuminatus plague has now threatened a bunch of Europe. I think that drove me crazy more than anything else in the movie was the fact that this was brought up like it was going to be a big part of the plot and then nothing gone poof 
never to return again. <laughs> they completely explained it away with like, oh, the Los Alamanados cult is involved and yada yada. And then they were like, oh yeah, well, it's just, it's just the data that was collected from it. Like, you know, you said flat out that they were involved. No, yeah. no, we, we meant just the data. It was just, it was just, it was just the data. Yeah, and it was like Leon's side quest to go save this family. That never happened. (laughs) Ever. Yeah, they probably could have done away with having that whole scene part where a dude Mm -hmm. came in and was like, hey, I need your help. And it was still, the story would have progressed. Yeah. Yeah, I was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for it to ever be brought up again. It was just, nope, gone. Fight this tyrant. That hotel owner lost her arm for it. Yeah. I think she lost a little bit more than just her arm. But clearly her arm got blown up. <laughs> There's another limb. I Limbs caught that. flying. <laughs> oh, boy. But so, no, I didn't like how they made him like mm-hmm. that because that's not Leon. He is always the first one to help somebody else. His whole thing is to help other people. And then to sit there and argue with Chris about it and get told to stop acting like such a little bitch by Rebecca... She wouldn't curse. <laughs> well, no, see, but. see, I, I agree because right after this is after damnation, degeneration for all of those. He wasn't this gruff asshole. Even in six, he wasn't this gruff asshole. He was mad about certain things because people lied to him. But there was an incident in Washington. Yeah, but even then, Leon, like I said, Leon's lost people before, but he's never lost anyone super close to him. He's always been able to protect them. Yeah, because Ada's still alive. (laughs) (laughs) President's daughter's still alive. Doesn't count. Unfortunately. (laughs) But the thing is, is that, you know, he he's lost members. We saw in Degeneration and Damnation, he's lost people that he went in with. It's not like he's not accustomed to losing teammates so to turn around and have him mourning over this whole Washington incident that doesn't make any sense (coughs) he's never mourned any other incident no if anything it just made him strive harder to Mm -hmm. you know keep fighting and sure it doesn't happen again Mm -hmm. and we know Leon likes his bottle but he doesn't like it that much like he's never spent all his time drinking his days away like well even in damnation where he freaking would not let buddy kill himself yeah and says you have to keep living and then you've got this this leon that's like oh poor me i'm gonna drink my sorrows away i'm gonna drink till i die like no that's not no i just keep their personalities the same if you wanted to do cool anime limb flying action movie that's fine leave the personalities the same that was a huge drastic change yeah because he's not a he's supposed to be a snarky smart ass mm-hmm. well I think it did change after Rebecca put them both in their place oh, okay. quotes for that people so what you're telling me is their whole piss poor attitudes was just so Rebecca could swoop in and be like knock it off well because remember <laughs> I'm mature now after she was taken <laughs> then they're both looking at the information and everything's fine mm-hmm. because you think if you just had this argument your personality is not going to change in that much quick of a time frame and they're all like oh well this is what's happening here and all this there's no you would think there would still be tension and it so, seems like there's not a lot of tension between the two so like I said it was j- literally just a scripted moment so that Rebecca could show that she's matured since we saw her in Zero. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Just so Rebecca could play an important point until she gets kidnapped and put in a wedding dress. Well, she might not have had any other thing to do in that diner scene, in that end scene. <laughs> she was just there to yell at them get kidnapped. So now more towards the end of the movie. I also didn't appreciate, now going kind of back on Chris also didn't appreciate how he was just like, oh, handle this, Leon. I'm going to go find cure for Rebecca. Like, I feel like he would have had Leon go and find it while he fought the B.O.W. That seems like more Chris. Yeah. 
like yeah. macho, like, I've got this. Go save Rebecca. When how does he know Leon's gonna be able to hold his own against the dude? Right? Transformed. Because he could have just been like, Oh, you got this, Leon, and then Leon dies within thirty seconds of fighting <laughs> this thing. How bad is Chris gonna feel? No He's gonna be on the rooftop again. No It what really didn't make any sense to me is that Chris at this point in time is very much a I am not going to leave the mission in your hands to be completed kind of guy. But he did. But that's exactly yeah, that's exactly what he did. He's like, you got this right, Leon. I personally, I feel like Leon would have been like, excuse me? <laughs> because right? see, Rebecca, you punch boulders. Because in this case, Rebecca was the only one infected with the worst virus. Mm-hmm. And the other one, it didn't. Ha- I don't think we had a specification of time frame of how long before you could give the antigen the cure yeah basically so i mean yeah he was saving rebecca but if the mission comes first then it should have been finding the regular cure for everybody and not just going oh me yeah it was was weird they all in all i will say personality wise they kind of screwed up a lot of characters in this action wise I was very pleased with the amount of action in this movie. It was some cool stuff. So, talking about action, okay. I absolutely, 100% loved the fight with Chris and Leon. The zombies? Oh my god, yes. That was the greatest fight scene I've ever seen in my life. It was awesome. Yeah. It was so cool. Leon was on the floor so much. Leon uh, was literally all over that damn but hallway. I mean, but I mean, when he was on the floor, just crawling around, still <laughs> shooting everything like nobody's business. I know that was I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was cool. <laughs> My favorite parts were when they would manipulate a zombie and shoot through the zombie or Oh, yeah, you're going to do this little dance with me, zombie, and then bam, right at the end. <laughs> they did Chris, like, bayonet, like, three of them or something like that and, like, yeah. push them to each other. Because at first I was like, when did he get a bayonet on his gun? <laughs> it was just awesome all around. It was just awesome. And, and honestly, the cool part was it was somewhat believable in the fact that of the, of the gun the gun finesse that they were capable of because they're both highly trained and skilled operatives. They they are? They are. But it was cool to see that they weren't just, it wasn't just long range like, oh, I'm really good shot. It was like, no, I will straight up manipulate the crap out of your body to the point where I can shoot all your buddies and then I'll shoot you at the end. Like, <laughs> And then even then, the, the start of the fight you got to at least hear one snarky comment out of Leon. Not really snarky, it was more sarcastic. When he's like, sorry, I'm late. Had to take the stairs. <laughs> when he like, <laughs> rode the, his motorcycle down the staircase. Straight up cloud strifed that. <laughs> yeah. But they did also have enough trust to not... Usually they were separated in this hallway fight uh-huh. still because they weren't a lot of times together at the same point. So you had to have enough trust that this person's going to make sure these zombies don't get on your back even though they're not together also they shot in each other's general direction a lot so you had to trust that your buddy wasn't gonna miss well yeah this is a movie so nobody misses yeah plot armor remember there's (laughs) there's a big thing about plot armor we can discuss later (laughs) Glenn Arias a lot of plot armor with him no in a specific part soon no I mean there's two plot armor things that we get to discuss there one that infuriates Ariel. A lot of things infuriate Ariel. Yeah, but this one was like a realism thing. <laughs> Actually, they both were. I know that, yeah. Yeah, and we'll definitely discuss that. After we take a mid-break, because <gasps> I stole your line. Damn it, you stole my line. We're going to the mid-break. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here we are in the middle of the show. 
Go ahead and steal my line. Uh, this is the time where we thank our patrons. Yep, uh, thanks for stealing my line. Anyway. It's awful middly in here too, <laughs> by the way. So, yes, this is where we thank our patrons. So, let's give a very special thank you to our VIP patrons who are going to be joining us for a patron chat episode this Saturday, right? Yeah. Woo! Um, so, our VIP patrons are Cerberus91, Chris Slight, Christopher Gurley, Donnie Shanks, Naked Mango. I still love that name. <laughs> Pocket Comet and William Jackson. Our all access patrons are Edward Parks and Remington Cloutier. And our official patrons are, you ready for it? My Afro ate my dog. Yup. And Philip A. Halbert. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. And a thank you to our listeners as well. Mm-hmm. You notice how me and you thank everyone all the time, but Daniel never says thank you. You are so rude. My silence means I don't say anything <laughs> terrible. <laughs> wow. Our patrons pay us to make sure we give the best show possible at all times. And then the listeners listen to the show and make sure that we have a fan base to to have listen to our show. And you can't take time out of your day to thank them. They're mostly Rude. here for Ariel. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm Ugh. full of sarcasm. She really is. <laughs> full of sarcasm. All jokes aside, Daniel is appreciative, too. I just like giving him a hard time. I try to be. I always say it on Discord all the time. <laughs> in all seriousness, thank you all for everything you do for us. And uh, we hope to continue for many, many, many moons to come to give you guys a great show. Many oh. moons. Many moons. Only a many moons. That's it. And so anyway. After that, no more. No more. <laughs> so anyway, on to the mid-segment. Daniel, what have you brought for us? Mid-segment. Mid-segment. Mid-break. Certainly nothing. Okay, moving on. Ariel. <laughs> I brought Daniel and his merchandise. Mm. Well, look, I actually found it. Oh, boy. I must have left it with Arius. But why? Because I knew it wouldn't be found. It was plot armor. I'm bringing oh plot armor gosh. to merchandise. Oh, my goodness. That'd I be kind of cool, though. I do need to find that for another merchandise someday. Notes to everybody, look for plot armor. Anyways, on Etsy, I found Slanted Designs is the creator. They made a Nemesis headphone stand, and it is basically a bust of Nemesis's head. How many fat times fast can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> and it runs $59 and can hold a pair of normal-sized headphones. I don't think it's earbuds because I don't think it, Nemesis has the little ear holes for earbuds. It wouldn't be anything to just drill a hole in it, though, to stick the earbuds in. I don't think Nemesis would like that. Um, It's just his head, so he I don't would think still he has much say-so in it. Especially if you wore... He's always pissed. It wouldn't even matter if he had headphones or earbuds. Like, get that fucker off me, stars. Yeah, say, if, he's, if you're wearing stars stuff, you're basically gone. <laughs> Unless you're Mike Epps. I mean, I kind of want this, though, because how cool would it be to have my headphones sitting on this and I'm not using it? And according to this, it is paintable. So if you want Nemesis to look like Nemesis or completely different, you definitely can. So it's $59. I am not sure what the shipping is, but it does say it ships free to the U.S. So I get free shipping. That's awesome. <laughs> and you can have a Nemesis head and you can put your podcast headphones on it. Oh, fuck yeah. And I'd paint it too. <laughs> and if you raise Nemesis's head high enough it could look like nemesis was on the podcast i'm gonna do it Stars. i need 60 bucks though <laughs> so if you would like this nemesis paintable bust that you can put headphones on or anything similar it is by slanted designs on etsy that's all so moving on from that delectable little piece ariel what do you have for us i feel like Delectable is not a word to describe Nemesis. <laughs> Probably not. I think that's more for food. Don't judge. <laughs> it's too late. We already did. <laughs> Always judging. Oh. Uh. So I read an article 
mm-hmm. much like I always do. Mm-hmm. And this one comes from PC Gamer, and the title is Resident Evil 4 Remake, What We Know So Far. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, and I decided to cover this because there was some cool stuff in this. So the release date for RE4 Remake is slated to be on March 24th, 2023. And some cool things on here that they found from the trailer is there's a bear trap in the foreground of the shot with Leon entering the village. And that's awesome because that could mean our little doggy friend is back. It's also pretty sucky because I managed to step on every single one of those my first playthrough. You should do it again. Let's play through purposely. <laughs> going to stream it on Twitch as I step through every single bear trap on purpose. <laughs> we'll clip every bear trap step in. <laughs> so another thing is we see Leon curled up in the tiny dinghy we found Del Lago in with some greenish water below him. And then it says, 10 bucks if you shoot the water. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. I remember those days. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> um, a quick frame also confirms the presence of Mendez. Uh, Lewis is back with a sweet leather jacket, replacing his foppish shirt from the original. He's also holding the red nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Ada Wong also makes an appearance. Of course. With a shoulder holster over a red sweater dress. I'm sorry. You meant to say sweater vest, right? Sweater dress. What is a sweater dress? (laughs) It's a dress made for sweater weather. Mm, Apparently. Yes. So, and then it goes on to saying the game will be available for PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, S, and PC. And despite releasing a VR version of the game just last year, Capcom also announced it's developing a PSVR 2 content for the remake. So it implies the full game won't be playable in VR, but we'll have to wait and see. Hmm. So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to cover those couple little things because I, not going to lie, I didn't notice the bear trap. Ooh, now that's shocking because you notice all the things that I usually don't. Listen, I know I'm failing at life right now. (laughs) So, yep, that's my article. I will post it in the show notes for anybody that wishes to read it. And just a quick reminder, in the wonderful month of October, we're also getting some Resident Evil content in the form of a DLC. We are? Don't you do this to me. I News to me. Oh my gosh. Come on now. <laughs> We're getting the the final conclusion to the Winters trilogy. We are? Who are the Winters? <laughs> yeah. I'm done with both of you. I know there's a Redfield. I know there's Kennedy. I'm done um, with both of you. Valentine? Nope. All right, moving on. I there's brought merch Sarah. too. <laughs> so... I did, in fact, bring merch, and you're gonna love this. Okay, so we Probably. talked. <laughs> so we talked about a case you can get on Etsy a long time ago that held all the vials with the various viruses and you know parasites and things, right? Yeah, that I don't have. <sighs> Which is awesome, but I have a really cool case here in front of me too, and it would be cool to have both. Because this one is a T-virus bomb. So, this one comes to us from the prop designer on Etsy. And it is an umbrella prop bomb simulator case. And it has voice and sound. Lights and functionality. Meaning... You have the bomb trigger keys that you can twist to turn the bomb on. You've got a little umbrella logo that pops up on an LCD screen. It's just awesome. Um, does it have a disclaimer? Is that like an actual bomb? Or is it like, <laughs> no, this is just a prop. It comes with real T-virus. <laughs> it's the bomb. 
Ah, uh, this is not for no. kids under age of twelve. <laughs> under age twelve. <laughs> so, uh, a couple things to note about it is that it is customizable as well. You can customize nameplates and what's going in the bomb case, such as like a design, like a placard around the speaker. You get to customize this thing however you want it. You can choose the sound effects. There's a list of sound effects and voices and you know music effects that you can add to the speaker. And it is in, this is the cool part for me. It is in both Spanish and English. So you can get it. Uh, unfortunately, you can't get it in a lot of other languages, but you can right now currently get it in Spanish and English. So I thought that was pretty cool too to offer. That is cool. So if you want to get one of these, um, head on over to the prop designer. We'll have the link in the show notes. And the price not terrible for what you're getting. It is a really good quality case by the looks of it. $363.24. So almost a dollar a day with Wait. one free weekend. 24 cents. Like you couldn't have just made it 25? <laughs> make it a quarter? I actually told somebody at work about those weird prices that we deal with. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, again, with the weird prices. I think it, it's just Resident Evil stuff, too, that has weird prices. Now everything has weird prices. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't look up everything, but... <laughs> I don't know, some of the LOZ stuff doesn't have weird prices. Yeah, it does. Trust me, I know. Because it drives my OCD crazy. <laughs> uh, just, just a tidbit out there. If you're a fan of this show and you run an Etsy shop, send Ariel a link to, like, anything Etsy you sell... And please make sure it's like a really weird cents price at the end. Not 99 cents because that's too normal. That's too normal. <laughs> this is why I hate you. <laughs> this is exactly why I hate you. You know our fans will do the direct opposite of what I want because they love you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I'm going to get flooded with a bunch of messages about... 37 cents. 82 cents. 49. Because you couldn't add that one penny to make it 50. No, no, never. You can't make me. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, with all that being said. Oh, but wait. There's more. There's more. There's more. Oh, let's go. Y'all like dice? Because I like dice. Yes, I love dice. I actually have way too many. That's not really a thing. I have a lot of dice. You know, if y'all are looking for dice, head on over to Metallic Dice Games. Using our link in the show notes below, you could save 10% off your purchase. Isn't that wonderful? Because everyone loves saving money, because I do. So that means I can buy more dice. I should probably stop buying so much dice and buy some Resident Evil stuff. But regardless, uh, for real, though, they're gorgeous dice sets and you can get resin. You can get uh, gemstone. You can get metal. There's so much different to choose from. So many beautiful things. You can also get dice trays, dice towers, dice bags, all the accessories you need for your gaming adventures. I was really hoping you'd go all the accessories you need for your gaming needs, but you dropped the ball. I don't see you promoting <laughs> anything. I see me promoting it. So yeah, click on the <laughs> link in the show notes below, head on over there and save yourself 10% off. And then use that 10% you save to go buy Resident Evil merch for me. <laughs> I still haven't. Nobody has sent me anything. Oh, my gosh. Greedy guess. All right. Let's it. Let's go to the end of the show. Attention listeners. I really don't want you to send me stuff. (laughs) But I do. But Daniel does. All right. We are at the end of the show. Do do, I don't feel like I'm needed anymore. (laughs) You were never needed. Oh, burn. (laughs) Just kidding. Someone out there JK. loves you, I'm sure. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm on one tonight. Listeners. Yeah, you are. I'm really tired, so my mouth is just going. Uh, all right. So we are at the end, and we were talking action when we went away from the mid-break. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to continue that conversation, because what I will say, the negatives about this movie, mostly characters... 
I will say a pod, big positive in this. Lots of awesome action. Does it involve the first infuriating part for Ariel? Mm. Of Chris and Arius fighting on the glass? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. How about we get into that when we talk about the plot armor? Well, that, that's part of it. That gets yeah. into the plot armor. I will say, okay, so one thing I want to bring up with the action is the machine gun in the bar. That was awesome. Yeah, somebody lost a limb, if I recall. Machine gun Diego? Oh. <laughs> now, I, I did like the little nod there. I felt like that was a nod to four with the big giant guy in the island with a machine gun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Could have not been, but I like to think it was a little not before there. I mean, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I did want to get annoyed because, like, the bullet was, the gun itself was able to rip through 90% of that bar. But somehow, the table that they were hiding behind and the pillar they were hiding behind barely took any damage. Blood armor. <laughs> I did want to get mad about it, but it was just too awesome of a scene to stay mad. See, if you looked at the front of the pillar that Chris was behind, mm-hmm. there's clearly like this shielding on there. <laughs> and it says in really badly wrote letters, plot armor. But you don't see the front of it, I don't think. So you don't see this little bit of shielding. Oh, gosh. All right. You guys really want to talk about plot armor. Let's just go talk about the plot armor. <laughs> well, real quick, though, while we were still on the action part and you talking about the machine gun. I want to talk about that fucking real gun. Oh, the real gun. Is that thing just the number of people that has been implied (laughs) that potentially died? Uh, Right. Because at first you're like, oh, okay, it blew, you know, dude's face off on his arm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you see it just go boom, boom, boom behind it and rip through these buildings. That was the most anime thing that happened during the movie. Okay. <laughs> okay, I feel like if that shot was that strong enough to go through several buildings, hit the freaking creature's arm would have been ripped to shreds. Yeah. If not his whole body. Okay, I'd be fine with just the arm. His whole arm would have been gone destroyed not just the dude's face mm-hmm. and like part of the you know shoulder no it would have been so i do want to say my adhd kicked in during this scene and my first thought when i saw the railgun throw go through a bu- the first building was whoever's apartment that was they are not getting their deposit back i was thinking of like <laughs> how many people died <laughs> but but you see when it shot him in the arm the rest of his body had a thing written on it in shielding. God damn it. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about plot armor. Jeez. I mean, <laughs> hammer it home for the people. Real quick, though, real quick. Um, yeah, I. The whole. His arm should have blown off. But I mean, that was a pretty cool scene, though. It was awesome. It, I, it was pretty cool. Scene. We did get to actually see Nadia basically do something. <laughs> No, I'm not saying that she didn't, but like you've seen her multiple times at this point. She just exists the whole movie, yeah, and then at the end, she's, part she's of, like, "Say hello to my little friend," and well, shoots a railgun. That's that's her. That's her whole job in well, this movie. We've seen her multiple times as part of Chris's new crew, oh and God. she hasn't done really anything. I don't not saying she doesn't do anything, but she's like, the railgun expert. Okay, that's all her job is. The expert in shooting for one buildings. shot, one shot. That's all you get. They probably were like, gee, you should have aimed up a little bit, like 10 feet more, and you would have been fine. They pay her $87,000 a year to shoot the railgun once. Once. I think she would have fired it again (laughs) if they wouldn't have got attacked. Oh, my gosh. All right, Daniel, let's talk about the plot armor because you're really antsy. There's plenty of it. All right, bring up the first plot armor. Well, I can bring out the main one. So when... Arius falls through the glass. Oh my gosh. It's so unrealistic at one point. When he falls through the glass and then lands on his back, he's able to converse when there's a huge pool of blood below him to Diego. Now, I think even if he somehow managed to survive the fall, that if he landed on his back, he would be paralyzed enough if his head didn't hit and splatter 
that he probably wouldn't have been able to use words. He definitely has at least a concussion from that fall. I think probably <laughs> his least. whole head a concussion at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about that. I'm not. No, he should have been dead. Well, then let's let's re- rewind the scene to the glass. No. <laughs> Which part? There was multiple times where the glass. Oh my broke. goodness! Okay, so when he smacked Chris's head against the glass, and the glass cracked. Okay. So would Chris's skull. But he's got a tattoo tell us, on the back of it that says <laughs> Tell us how much how much pressure it, it takes. It takes eight pounds of pressure to crack the human skull. Okay? Eight pounds of pressure. The amount of pressure it would have taken to crack that glass. Now keep in mind, it's not just some random glass. It's not like your window. Mm-hmm. That shit is thick as fuck and meant to withstand shit. Okay? No. Uh, no. Apparently Chris's head just cracks it. He's thick Fine. He had to have been. Jesus. Like, he's strong enough not to punch even any blood. It was just, bam, okay, crack. His bones are adamantine because he punches boulders. <laughs> his head's made of the same stuff. He could have punched the boulder with his head and he would have been fine. Probably. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, that, that drove me crazy. But I was like, okay, whatever. But then the whole dude falling through the freaking glass okay the rest of the glass would have shattered underneath him and chris would have been down with him just saying with chris's weight on there you have the splintered glass you had busted a hole through it Mm-hmm. the glass that was supporting chris that was already you know shattered what he would have felt to it wouldn't have just been oh i'm chilling here before we go any further i think it's important to note to everyone listening at home we're not critiquing this movie because of its realism. We're critiquing this this parts of the movie based on the fact that it didn't follow the RE universe canon realism. Because there is canon amounts of realism in this series. We know that. I'm 100% critiquing it on realism. <laughs> Jesus. You should hear me when I watch anime. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. It's bad. <laughs> well, but no, that just that drove me crazy. And the whole I'm going to fall from this ridiculously high up spot and just, you know, I'm fine. I'm alive. Don't it's, worry about me. I'm fine. See, that's one of the points of the RE canon realism that I was struggling with coming to terms with during this movie is the fact that we've seen people fall from high high points in the series. They're dead. Like, that's it. Unless you're a tyrant or a large B.O.W. And even then, sometimes that's it. That's all you get. You're dead. We've seen it time and time again. But this human, this mortal being has fallen from this height and went splat. And it was like, "Uh, Diego, uh, come eat me. (laughs) <laughs> well, it wasn't even that struggling of a voice. It was just like, hey, come over here. Gobble me up. Mm. Yep. That's why I don't think he should have been able to talk. Even if he somehow lived, mm-hmm. being paralyzed like that, I don't think his his motor functions would work in his mouth. I don't think we have to discuss the other plot armors, like um, somehow Chris managing to get the cure to her just in the nick of time. That is a canon plot armor in the entire series. <laughs> um, or how, you know, super big juggernaut didn't just throw Leon off the building. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you were at the top of a building. You literally could throw him clear across the city. Didn't he pick him up and move him towards, like, the upraised structure in the center <laughs> of the building? Yeah. Instead of going, yeet. <laughs> I would have... I mean, I wouldn't know because it's Leon, but I'm just saying, like, if I was some B.O.W., big old juggernaut, super big juggernaut, I would just yeet. Yeet. Bye. Well, maybe Leon has pot armor and he knows this and oh he'll survive gosh. this, like, 30-story <laughs> fall. And then he's going to talk to Chris and go, eat me, Chris. We got to merge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. It's an argument with all the inside now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, that just that sounded gross. <laughs> are there any more points you guys want to bring up before I bring up some really cool Easter eggs in this movie? There probably is, but nothing's coming to mind at hand because 
I was all about the... The plot armor? Yeah. Clearly. Oh, I'm yeah. so stuck on the Dahmer reference. You were just <laughs> going on and like, <laughs> eat me. Oh, gosh. Oh, all right. So, Easter egg time. <sighs> There's a lot of like small little subtle Easter eggs. So instead of focusing on those tiny little things, I'd rather focus on the big ones or the ones that most fans had caught. So the first one we have is when Rebecca sees a zombie and it mirrors the first time we ever encountered a zombie in the Resident Evil franchise with the slow turn eating one of the scientists and gives that slow turn. See, Aaron would know best because the zombie was also named Aaron. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Don't even get me started on that. Uh, So the next Easter egg we have is Rebecca gives a thumbs up to Chris twice. Indeed she does. Now, this is an Easter egg because in the RE make, it is Chris who gives the thumbs up to Rebecca twice. She's just giving them back. (laughs) Uh, Another little Easter egg Daniel was super excited about was Rebecca's uniform is almost identical to her star's uniform in Zero. Yes. (laughs) I wish people could have seen you. You immediately just looked at everybody in the room and went... (gasps) Like you had stars in your eyes, like, oh my god, it's the uniform. Get his stars, but <laughs> with all the dots in between. <laughs> Where did Nemesis come from? Oh my gosh. So the next Easter egg we have here is... Okay, so I'm counting this one. Is that uh, Leon literally crashes every vehicle he drives in the entire series, except the jet ski in RE4. Have you guys ever noticed this? Every single vehicle he's driven, he has crashed. Bet he probably crashed the jet ski. He just <laughs> didn't know it. Off camera. Yeah. He, he literally jet skis all the way back to land and then runs it to like a tree that's sitting right there <laughs> off the side. Well, I mean, do you blame him though? You had to listen to Ashley the entire way home. He was probably secretly trying to jettison her off the jet ski. <laughs> Oops. Oh gosh! Uh, I just thought that was kind of funny because he's literally crashed every single vehicle ever. Well, I'm sure insurance companies love him. <laughs> well, and in the movie, I think it was purposeful because he did send it towards the yeah. BOW. Yeah, and then of course it still had plot armor enough to not to fly up <laughs> towards the. And at a perfect angle for him to go bam and blow it up. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. It does in anime movies. It does in anime. So the last one we have is another than our boy Leon again. And this one involves the fight with Arius. Or more specifically, the BOW tyrant version of whatever that is. <laughs> so In this fight, Leon uses a Desert Eagle, which is the same weapon that was intended for boss fights in RE2. Hmm. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Little little subtle nod there. A little bit. A little bit. Huh. Hmm. The more you know. You know what I wanted to say, Daniel? When we were talking about anime, I wanted to say Leon had the power of God and anime on his side. <laughs> I really wanted to say that. But I oh, I did forget an Easter egg I wrote down. We now know that Breaking Bad is canon in the Resident Evil universe. Yeah, we because already they- discussed <laughs> Still counts as an Easter egg. Yeah, that's right. It did get brought up because the, yeah. two, the two guys like yeah. it a lot. I thought that was such a weird reference. I mean, it was kind of cool. Yeah. But of all the references, you would have 
thought they would have made like a Walking Dead reference. Well, kind of a nod towards a zombie. That's what I thought. But show. remember how they said in Resident Evil, like zombie movies and stuff aren't a thing. Oh yeah, you're right. But so maybe right. it would exist at this point now. But like when they first started, they had no idea what a zombie was. I mean, yeah, that's true. Well, I didn't think about that part. The other thing too is, is I think they referenced Breaking Bad because at this point when the movie came out it had already been confirmed that the blue meth that was kind of discussed in Walking Dead was in fact the same meth in Breaking Bad. Supposedly. So I think it was like a second-handed reference to The Walking Dead by referencing Breaking Bad. That's all I hear say. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a pretty cool Easter egg. And I know we had already mentioned it, but I wanted to mention it again. I mean, it was pretty cool to like bring up a popular show like that. Mm-hmm. So, with all that being said, I think it's time that we give our reviews of this movie. Ratings? Yep, the ratings. That's what I said. I think we already reviewed it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The illustrious Ariel. Oh, don't start with that <laughs> bullshit again. All right. I'm going to have to give this a three out of five Leons. Oh, that's I bad. I know. I know. Leon's in it. I know. Oh. So I didn't like how they brought up this whole Los Illuminados thing and, oh, save this guy's family. And then it disappeared. Poof. Gone. That drove me crazy. Uh, with any story or movie, with any movie or game, I love the story. And that just drove my OCD nuts because it was like, well, okay, you, this seemed like this was going to be a big plot point, And it just never came back. Never mentioned. Nothing. Gone. So that drove me crazy. And Chris and Leon's personalities. That kind of, it just, those two things alone, it was mainly that whole plot thing. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm giving it a three out of five, mostly because of the plot. But I also didn't appreciate that. But what I did like about the movie, I loved the action scenes. They were fantastic. I loved the action in it. And I loved Rebecca in it. I thought Rebecca was done very well. I loved the showing of Arius's complete mental deterioration mm-hmm. with the, oh, I saved uh, Sarah's severed arm. And it's, you really got to see how deep his mental instability was. It yeah. wasn't just a scorned man at this point, like how every other plot has been a scorned man. This one was just a scorned, mentally deranged man. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. I loved that aspect. It showed more into his character, however deranged he was. I loved that. There was a lot I did love about this movie. But because it drove me absolutely bonkers with I'm going to have this big plot point and now it's gone. That's, that's mainly why. Three out of five leaves. Okay, all valid points. Danny? I did want to say, Arius did make the comment that he wasn't crazy. I know, that was hilarious. So he clearly was being ironic. I'm not crazy, you're crazy. (laughs) I'm just out for revenge. (laughs) But do crazy people ever admit that they're actually crazy? I do. Maybe he didn't know. (laughs) He's in denial. Anyways. So I'm going to give it Four oh boy plot armors out of Rebecca. <laughs> Four plot armors out of Rebecca. I was trying to think of what I was going to go with there. Mm. Um, I did very much enjoy it because we know Rebecca's one of my favorites. Oh but boy. that's not the only thing. <laughs> I did like the action sequences as well. I liked the zombie dog chase on the interstate. That was pretty cool. Which was way out of realism there because with the whole <laughs> grenade and then the sign falling and cutting the dog in half everything that was questionable and then the hallway fight was pretty good even some of the action on the roof i enjoyed especially the railgun, even though it was quite out there Pew. 
And then I did think Nadia died. That was, I did, I was disappointed when it first happened, when he stabbed her through. And I was like, no, Nadia died. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say you were disappointed because she didn't die. No, I actually, I told you, I like, well, maybe it's a railgun thing that was like, now I like this character. But yeah, story-wise, I, for the most part, liked it. But there was questionable things. I wasn't as worried about the Los Illuminas plot, but I did question it too is why that didn't come back up but it was you know i'm not as much of a, a four fan as you are i like five but i did question why that was brought into a point and didn't even get yeah that's up. the part that drove me crazy not so much as i wanted to see more los illuminados it was why then why bring it up like if you're not gonna talk about it at all later why bring it up yeah i don't know on that and then of course uh, I enjoy now bringing up I'm going to do this with everything that we come up with. I'm going to come up with all this plot armor stuff. <laughs> so we have a new segment to our show which is Daniel's plot armor. Potentially. Wait till we get to the Paul Anderson <laughs> movies. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'm going to give it four plot armors out of Rebecca because she did have plot armor. I mean, she did live. Ask Chris. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Alright, so I guess I have to give my rating, and I'm going to have to agree with Ariel. I'm going to have to give it three hunks out of five hunks. And it is because I can forgive the personalities to an extent. I can forgive the plot armor. What I cannot forgive is plot points that are left unresolved and are introduced solely for the fact of bringing in somebody because that's what I felt the Los Illuminados was an excuse to bring in Leon I feel like the whole excuse of Rebecca's lab being the only one in the entire world that came up with a cure was just to bring Rebecca in. And I feel like the only point of Chris being affiliated with this guy in any small way, because it was a very minute way that he was affiliated with this guy, was once again just to bring Chris in. In none of the other movies or video games have we ever had such a loose story plot point to bring a character in. Uh, I agree. I feel like they could have done that with Leon had they not done the whole dude's family thing in Crisis. Like, uh, it yeah. could have just been a mention that you, this dude was working with Los Illuminados with this A-virus, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And they could have left it alone at that and it, you know, would have been a little bit more, a little bit better. It would have been more grounded and realistic. Yeah, but to have this, oh, save my family and they call Leon or they call the phone and Leon answers, blah, blah. I, and then nothing. I almost wondered if they were going to try to do another movie after this. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That, that just, it drove me crazy yeah and my thing with the whole plot points with chris being bringing chris chris in and having this guy as like a known fugitive like and chris is like real close to it you literally could have just made it a known bsaa fugitive and chris is hunting him down you didn't have to make it all this well this is the one that got away for chris and this is you didn't have to make it all this. You could have just literally made it a job and it would have been the same justification. Yeah. You mean like where he didn't have to go save the woman and her child? Yeah. I mean, you could have just... You didn't have to hit Chris so close to home to make it a decent plot point. You just had to make it a thing. It's almost like they tried too hard to bring these characters in. And the answers were right there. You didn't have to make it where Rebecca's was the only facility to come up with a cure. You could have literally just said there's multiple points in the U.S. that have found a way to get close to the cure. But Rebecca's is the only one who's reached 95% accuracy. Like you, you could have done it that way. 
They could have done a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, I'm not so upset with those plot points that they didn't make any sense. I'm just upset with those plot points because there was no resolution to any of them. Yeah, that's that's literally what drove me crazy and Mm -hmm. why I didn't give this a five star. Because it's definitely worth the watch. Yeah. Yes, go out and watch it, listeners. It's definitely worth the watch, especially for the action scenes. Oh, God, yes. And the badass fight with Chris and Leon and all those zombies. Like, definitely worth the watch. Those are just what I didn't like about it. That's all. Well, and for me, the only reason I gave it the three out of five was because of the action scenes and some of the character progression. Yeah, because I did. I mean, I enjoyed Rebecca's character. I enjoyed Arius's character. I did because Mm -hmm. it showed just how deranged he was. Oh, yeah. So, so deranged. Uh, Well, with all that being said, I think it's time for us to end this episode. That was weird. With all that being said, I think it's time for us to end this episode. Yas. And next episode is Patron Chat! Yep, and for anybody following along with the movies and series that we're watching after the patron episode we will be diving into infinite darkness i'm so excited to do this one are you though i am i have our uh expensive alcohol that uh, leon loves to partake over here in the corner so thank you all for listening <laughs> and tune in next week for the patron chat woo Bye there. Bye. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember... We might have something that might interest you, stranger.